Reg and ATL Sports Talk with Eugene Morton coming to you live from the lost city of Atlanta via iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify. <sighs> Eugene. Did you say iTunes? iTunes, I did. I said okay. it. I, said it. I usually start with that one. <laughs> Good. And I didn't, um, oh, I did one of my outros. I got to start. You know what I had to do is when I'm doing my outro, I just got to start it the same way. I do my intro gotcha. so that I can just have it roll off. It took me, it's only taken me about a year to perfect the, the, the intro. So, uh, be looking for that perfected outro sometime <laughs> in 2020, you know, it'll be, yeah, it'll exactly. be perfect for you. <laughs> yeah. So we're going into the finals here and playoffs, and this has been a very good playoffs to watch. This has been some good playoff basketball, man. We've had buzzer beaters. It's all been here, right? Oh yeah. We've had sweeps. Um, we've had game sevens. It's all been here in this playoffs. This has been great for the NBA. Despite the fact that some of these teams are low market teams in the NBA, this has been some great basketball to watch. Now, I'm going to start here with something that I texted you before. I texted you last night when the Raptors sealed this situation that my picks were still alive. I'm still here. Yep. Now, I will tell you. I had a little bit of pause when I go into the games and Milwaukee is uh, up two games on them. And I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. And then the Raptors came back and won four games in a row against a good Milwaukee team. Yeah. Against a good Milwaukee team. What is your, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I thought I, it could have been a little fool's goal for the first two games, you know, from uh, Milwaukee's perspective. Yeah. Because remember they were rested. They, and, and Toronto's coming off, uh, you know, that buzzer beater and all the emotion, maybe they're draining a little bit, but I was just, I couldn't believe Milwaukee just ran the same script over and over again. I mean, try something different. Maybe put, I think it's very hard to change your stripes, even though that, even though game sevens are, are playoff games and, and and series of sevens lend themselves to a lot of adjustment. Like you gotta make those, um, you're making adjustments in those series, but put, Put the ball in your best player's hands. I think. Why not move him to the one? Why not move him to the point guard? Let him run the. Let him run the. Are you talking about Giannis running yeah, the point? Why not? He's oh, got the ball handling goodness, skills. Man, I don't think his ball handling skills are nearly as good as like a Bledsoe well, just let or him, somebody like that. Yeah. Well, you could tell. Well, Bledsoe, that he was just a. That was just an abomination. The whole that whole series. Right. Right. And he didn't get a ton of support from his role players. You got a couple players that came off the bench, like your George Hills of the world, who did show up. Came off the bench and showed up. Because um, once, once once they had Bledsoe in there, they they were they weren't even playing him. They're like, go ahead shoot, go ahead and shoot it, you know. And they and then when and Brogdon came back, so he can't give. He, there's no excuses there. I don't know if he came back and had the impact that people anticipated because there was a lot of if Brogdon comes back, it's over. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was that was my only thing. I I get that you you've got you got where you've where you are on your what you've what you've done in the past, but it's like they. St- they're not fooled anymore. So you got to try something different. You've got to at least try and, you know, you know, cause well, one thing too, in this off season, they've got to put, they've got to put some guys that can just, um, catch and shoot. They, they don't have a lot of catch and shoot guys. Right. Uh, right. I mean, unless Bledsoe was supposed to be that and he didn't, and obviously he fell short of that, but Oh my heaven, I just like guys were getting the ball, and not and not not ready to shoot, then dribble back, then dribble forward, and either turn the ball over, have to, and be, or be forced in some weird shot, some awful shot. It's like, oh, okay, those those fallaway jumpers that don't go anywhere, or you got three people on you. So, yeah, it was just it was just disappointing. 
the from from Milwaukee standpoint, they just it's like change it up a little bit. Yeah, I I I agree. I feel like what ended up happening, in my opinion, is less bad Milwaukee and more good Toronto. I uh, like I think that Nick Nurse, um, out coach Coach Bud down the stretch. I think he made certain adjustments where oh, they yeah. were like, listen. If Giannis is going to come up through here like a runaway freight train, he's gonna have to run through three or four people. Yeah, we're gonna just put these bodies yeah. here, and you, you got and Gasol and all of them. We're gonna be right here in the yep. paint. You're not gonna get those points here, buddy. Like yeah. you're, you're gonna have, we're gonna make you work for every single point. Yep. that you're gonna have to get. Yep, I got ten fouls. I'm gonna and I'm gonna use them right here between these. All two. of them are gonna get used right on here. you coming up yep. through this lane. Yep, that's it. <laughs> So I like, I mean, I thought that was a good adjustment on, uh, from Nick Nurse's perspective. I thought that was good, a good move from his perspective. Like I didn't see a lot of that in the first games, but you saw a ton of it in the last games. They were like, all right, we're tired of this. This guy is not going to be the one who beats yeah. us. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like, why, why are we, why are we guarding these other guys when they can't shoot? You know, why are we, why are we, why are we worried about George Hill? Why are we worried about Bledsoe? These guys are not hitting anything. And that's what it does. That's what they did. So they would just, they would just hover around Giannis. And as soon as he got the ball, I mean, you saw it was like a swarm of defenders from Toronto. He had three to four defenders on him, and it's like somebody's got to be open. But they every time they hit that opening guy, I don't understand. It's like you're taking that shoot the ball. Don't wait. Don't wait and dribble out of it. Shoot the shoot the ball. And that's so. Yeah, if I was Milwaukee, that's that would be my focus. So just just um, get some shooters. And do you think? And do you think they were regretting that Bledsoe extension they did for him in March? Now, um, I don't know if you regret it because of the, your run. Like you, when you look at the totality of the season, and I think in the last show we did, I talked about having being a big fan of net positives and and net negatives as far as looking at all things considered, taking a big step back and looking at the whole thing, the bigger picture. Were you better or worse? And I think that with the Bledsoe situation, I just I do think they're a better team when he's out there. And if you were to take a step back and you look at, because let's think about it like this too. It's what game six. It was game six last night. If they took a step back of their season, they would have looked at a playoffs where they lost like five games all playoffs for them in one series, mm-hmm. right? But five games all playoffs, right? Um, you were. Two, you were two games away from going to the finals. You were the number one seed in the East. You had the best record in the NBA. It's not, this is not a blow up job. You know what I mean? You look at the job and you, know, you look at the team and you're like, okay, well, there's certain things we got to do better. You know, we got to get people, maybe some dependable sh- shot makers whose shot can fall. Like, if could you imagine like a Clay Thompson on that team? Yeah. And Clay yeah. Thompson on that team is what you need. You need a guy. I don't, I don't, I think Bledsoe is fine enough. I think Bledsoe is good enough at his position where he's, he's um, slightly more than serviceable. He's not just like a guy, but he chose, he, he showed shot that he just, wasn't that guy in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? He showed he wasn't that dude in the playoffs, but he wasn't horrible by any stretch. And um, the way that coach Bud has built this team anyway, is more of a defensive team. You're not looking, these aren't like offensive joggernauts. So what you do is you take a, a defensive team, in my opinion, only needs a couple things. And that's um, a dependable guy like Giannis. So you, you got your all-star, right? You got your superstar like yeah. Giannis, you know, Giannis is going into superstar mode now, um, even though the Raptors did expose him a little bit, but he's going into superstar mode now. He's still growing. 
And then if you add a dependable shooter, a dependable a guy who can sit out there and take the perimeter shot, depend uh, from a dependable standpoint, you're not going to be able to put four guys in the paint to stop Giannis if you got a clay running around out there. Right. You and know that's what I mean? What they mean. So, so you're you going to have to stretch him out and that opens the floor up a bit more for Giannis. So you think that maybe the spotlight got a little too big for uh, Bledsoe? Um, I think that the, that playoffs and finals, it, finals runs, game uh, seven game series, be it baseball or uh, basketball, they expose people for... They, um, because they show people what you really are. Oh yeah, those back against the wall. They had to win last night. There was no doubt about it. Right. And then if um I don't I don't even necessarily say that's exposure more so than you were probably never as high as people thought. You know what I mean? And I think exposed to me is kind of when you got a player that's kind of on a borderline of being a fraud. Like, you know, maybe they're in a certain small market city and their team dominates and stuff like that. And then they get to the playoffs and then they get like swept or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. To me, that's exposure. Like you got exposed. You thought you guys thought you were great. You came up against decent, you came up against good competition and you got swept. You guys didn't even win a game to show you how far off you are from, from um, actual greatness. And I, I thought Bledsoe played better than that. Like, you know, he played better throughout the playoffs than that. However, what it did expose is a need. It, it games uh seven game series expose your needs. Right. You see what I'm saying? As a team, if you're playing baseball, if your bullpen is not great, you're gonna get exposed in, in the playoffs. When you're making those playoff runs, yep. you're gonna you're gonna get exposed. You know, you might be able to get through the season with your patchwork bullpen or put making little changes here and there, but you're gonna get to the playoffs and uh, in order to get the World Series, if you're lucky enough to get there. It's going to expose your lack of depth. It's going to get exposed. Oh yeah, that didn't, that 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 talks to the Atlanta Braves last year. You went the whole exposed, year, right? Yeah. And went the and whole year won the won the division, got the playoffs, and got got slacked. Uh, yes, right, because you were an imposter. Like you, you yeah. know, you you got it to be that's getting exposed. And I feel like the Bucks, um, what they got, what it did expose is what they need. It was a glaring like when you see Giannis trying to be Superman and taking the whole team on his back and just trying to, um slam his way to victory you're kind of like ah you know um they need they're a, a player or two away yeah from uh from the big time on a consistent basis i agree yeah you know uh i think a team like that you don't even need another superstar of course you take another superstar you need another star around clay thompson's level who can provide what he provides he's a, a three and d guy um which I love, man. I love guys who can shoot the three and defend, man. I love it because if you already got a guy that has the inside game for you, like a Giannis, let's get somebody with an outside game to complement that. Yeah, and that's the thing. They don't, they don't even need a guy who can play defense. They can get a shooter in there and be fine. Right. That's what They just need a guy who can catch and shoot. And that's what that's what was killing them because they were just... They catch it and they, they start dribbling. They say, oh, my Lord. And then, and then the, the, the guys who were draping around, who were hanging around Giannis... They were close enough to that to that guy about to shoot that he took. He hesitated just that one to two split seconds. They were already on you, already on him. Right, right. Hmm. So, what do you think about the what moves do they make next year to maybe get over this hump? They were right there. They were they were right there. 
They were they were right there. Um, they well, they used, I think we we talked to it. They've got to add a shooter, but I don't know what they're like. A they're a mid market team, small, small market, market team, team, bro. So what are they adding? I mean, you got to draft them. Like that's what smart art. I'm, I'm living a life in Atlanta, in uh, a, the basketball life in the A, and it's been living a basketball life in the A has been hard from the sense that people think we're good because we'll make the playoffs. And in my opinion, when I'm looking at the team the last six years, easily, I was never fooled with any of these teams. I, never, I was like, we're never, <laughs> I was never, Atlanta never got exposed to me because I never bought into it. Right. The fact that we we're making the playoffs. I'm like, we're in the East. Even when we had the best record and we're telling my friend, it's not, it's not going to matter. We can get to LeBron things to be put in perspective, which yep. what he did. Which, yeah, exactly. What and, happened. um, when you're in these areas, you have to draft your superstars. Now, what Milwaukee has going for it that Atlanta doesn't is obvious. It has Giannis. You already have a superstar here. Now you got to hope this star shines so bright, it attracts other people to your city. Because yeah. you're not just in a mid-market city. You're in Milwaukee. Right. Cold the- mid-market city. <laughs> but now, plus, they are selling a game, so they've got to have revenue built on that now. Um what about uh, JJ Reddick would be a good fit there. I like there's your catch and shooter right there. He's a free agent. Reddick would be great in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um and and for his particular skill set, he has a skill set that is very much fits into what the NBA is. Yeah. These days catch and shoot league yeah. like people want to be can you catch and shoot the ball? Get that thing out of your hands in like two seconds. Like, can you do it? And he's like one of those guys too. He's got his hands set. Like he's ready to catch the ball and shoot it. And he's not scared. And he's not scared. He will shoot it all day long. Right. So definitely. Uh, but I, is is Reddick leaving Philadelphia? Yep. He is. Well, I don't know if he's leaving. I know he's a free agent. Okay. Because you got so that whole that's I'm that's, Philly. I don't know if I'll let him out of there, but we got to see how that's. We just such an interesting free agent class. Yeah. So it's Brett Reddick, Tobias Harris, and Jay, um, but Jay Butler are all free agents. You put Tobias. Tobias could be out there. Tobias can shoot the thing. Um. Yeah, a players like that is what Milwaukee needs. I feel like it's more like Milwaukee too. Like you usually aren't going to attract like. Do Clay Thompson not going to Milwaukee? Well, Clay Thompson is. I mean, we can. He's on the free agent list, but we can pretty much cross him off. In my opinion, I don't think he's leaving Golden State. If I'm Golden State, I make sure he doesn't leave. Yeah, there's no way. I, I to me, when you you can make the argument now with KD sitting down. Of course, they're going to try to get KD. But if I'm Golden State, do I try to get KD more than Clay? I don't know that I do. I don't know that I do because of the intangibles, the intangibles, and the the intangibles to me, and this is going to sound very crazy, says that Golden State just stays the way they are. Yeah. Until teams show that they can beat them, um, keep that Hampton Five lineup. Until people show, until teams show that, hey, we can beat um, Draymond and Clay and Steph. If you can't beat those three guys, um, I feel like that's you need to keep that together because of their chemistry. Chemistry is something that you can't see on paper. Right. Right. You can't see it. it. You can't. It's hard to quantify. You can try to look at the numbers and crunch them and come out with some kind of equation or algorithm to try to figure out what gets them to being such a good uh, team of great chemistry. But it's not something that you can 
that has a tangible number that you can put together and say, this is what it is. Um, and when you look at how this team plays together, how they get up and down, the chemistry is just there. Yeah. So in Golden State, it's got to count for something money wise, right? You can't just look at the number like, well, Katie's a better player. So we're going to, well, if we got to lose a couple guys to sign them, then it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense because you were 73 and 19 when you got Katie. Yep. What, what, what are you what are you doing? You know, uh, if KD walks, fine. Maybe you start to try to shore the bench up a little bit. Maybe well, you get a JJ Redick or somebody like that over there. Like you, yep. know, you see what I'm saying? Maybe you make little incremental changes to a, a strong core and run with that for a while. Yeah, that's what I would do. It's like because he's going. There's been no if KD goes to New York and doesn't get another player. Golden State is going to destroy them. Well, we get, oh, well, you're you're predicting that they're even going to New York is going to go to the finals. But what they're probably should true do. True indeed. Yeah, so. True indeed. I'm just looking at, I guess, that how great the teams are. And you're right. New York, I don't know. Katie's a great player. The thing is, is one thing that Kawhi has showed you is Kawhi went to the Raptors. And in his first year, took them to the finals. Yeah. If Kawhi can do that, I'm pretty sure Katie, because I'm pretty sure Katie can go to certain team, depending on what team he goes to. He can't just go to any team. Right. But if he goes to New York and gets another player to come with him, because who does, I mean, it's it's Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard. And Lowry didn't show up for certain parts. Lowry has disappeared at certain points in his playoffs. Oh, he disappeared in that game seven. Well, everyone disappeared in that. But here's the thing, though. The cool thing about Toronto and and is they've got a better supporting cast than Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So the sort only, of like the Marcus Alls of the world. Well, Marcus Saul, you've got, um, Sabaka, uh, even green shows up every now and then. But the thing is the, the only Leonard only had to carry that team on his back. That one game against Philadelphia. Because, yeah. it, well, because it was like, and he had to, because everyone, everyone on his team playing hot potato, like, Nope, I don't want the ball. Nope. I don't want the ball. Right. So he had to carry the team mm-hmm. this series. He didn't have to do it. Like he had, he had helped the whole, the, the whole, whole time, the whole time. Yeah. Kyle gave him, uh, I think about 17 points, 17, 18 in this last game. Um, if that's a, if you look at that team and then you say, Hey, Katie's going to go to New York and, Kyrie's gonna meet him there. To me, that's a, that's an Eastern Conference Finals team. Automatically, like almost already, I have to see, of course, how the parts shape up because mm-hmm. you saw when we were looking at did the whole Boston experiment last year. Everybody's like, "Oh, Boston's gonna be number one because look how far they went." And without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, then you added those players back in, and they were less than some of their parts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But again, you took you took guys. From a year ago, that were playing big minutes, were asked to do things, you know, step up, relegated them to role player, right? And then roles. go back. So then you want me to be back a role player? You want me to be a glue guy versus I was like, hey, the guy, the guy. Right. I was one game away from the finals, mm-hmm. and now I got to now I got to go back and ride the bench and do this and do that and. Yeah, and these are human beings we're dealing with, we're not dealing with robots. There's gonna right. be emotions. There's gonna be people involved who are like, oh, I don't really want to deal with this and stuff like that, you know. So I can. I definitely get that. Now, are we in a situation now where um, Boston completely is is probably going to go back to? I would, oh man, if I'm Boston, I just, I just got to try to get back to what I had. Yeah, I'm sorry. As crazy as unpopular as that might sound, because you got to think about it to get back to what we had. You got to get Kyrie and Gordon Hayward out of here. 
Kyrie is well, probably leaving. Gordon yeah. Hayward is under contract, right? He is. So I had a. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna slide this one because I had this on my uh, my GM one. I had a an, a draft uh, a trade idea for Mike Conley for mm-hmm. um for Hayward. It's just straight up, straight up. Hmm. Okay. Okay. You know what's crazy about that is I feel like that fits only because Mike Conley will fit into that Boston team the previous year, right? Yeah. Here I got you. I even got you some stats. Yeah, nice. Mike Conley fits into the the previous Boston team, right? Um. Very similar. Uh. uh contracts. Uh, Hayward's a little younger than, than he is. You're right. He gave you tw- 21 points per. Uh-huh. Hayward only gave you 11 and a half, even though Mike Conley played about eight minutes more per game. Played eight more minutes. And, you know, and they were shot a better percentage. And maybe we're thinking Hayward's going to be two years away from that injury. Maybe a change of scenery. Maybe that whole thing is in his head and like, you know, it, going that from the first game and injured his leg, that nasty injury. So maybe change the scenery. He gets back to that that smash and dash kind of player he used to be. Or sorry, mm-hmm. smash and pass. all this money that Mike Conley is being paid, man, a thirty million dollar player. He is not, but late twenty million, like twenty eight. He's not. It's not super far off. But you look at his stats. Mike Conley's the kind of player. Fits right. you, you can plug. He's ready to go now. Yeah, he's ready to go now, man. You plug him into some of these teams and you're making an instant run. You know what I mean? You're yeah. making a run yeah. pretty, pretty immediately. So I, I can, I can get my head around that. Do we really need to do any finals analysis here? Like, um, I'm glad my picks are still alive. Um, Raptors and golden state. And I feel like my last pick is going to be alive too, which is golden state. Uh, I mean, we saw, we've seen Toronto do good matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it's a different beast though. They're not playing. They're not playing against stationary guys. They're not against, you're going to have to be chasing Clay Thompson, Curry around a lot. And Draymond is not, and Draymond is not scared of anybody. He, he, he. He doesn't care if you score or not. We've seen what he does. He he gets everybody back involved, and that and they're playing just that Golden State. They're just they're playing like Golden State before they had Durant. They're just the the ball movement's amazing. It's just it's free flowing around. And plus, if let's say they don't get Durant back, the I I hear keep hearing Collins is going to come back at some point. That gives him. That just gives him that nasty presence. You mean cousins? Yeah. Did I say Collins again? Oh mm-hmm. my god, I just messed up his name. <laughs> I messed up his name all the time. Uh, but cousins yeah, Boogie Cousins. Yeah. So Boogie's gonna come back. You know, I mean, I'd love to give him. I, I don't think they're gonna get swept. I give him four two. Like you can give them, so a little bit past the gentleman sweep. Yeah, I think they can win two games at home. Hmm. Well. I'm going to give my expert basketball analysis here, Eugene. I'm going to do a moment, a, a moment of silence here for for the NBA, and, and let me just tell you why. I'll tell you why. I watched a lot of basketball throughout the years. Big fan, going from the '80s up to now. You know, I watched as a kid, watched as a teenager, watched as an adult. Ladies and gentlemen. This Warriors team 
as presently constructed with KD. So let's go with KD first. Okay. With KD, mark my words when I tell you, Eugene, this team is unbeatable with Kevin Durant. Now, I understand there's games where they lost, but when I mean, uh, when I say unbeatable, I'm talking about seven game series. Oh, yeah. Seven game series bring it out of you. Like they're going to show what you are. Right. And the Warriors are just a better team, period. And if you could point to one thing, then maybe you could say, okay, they're stoppable. But let me tell you what makes the Warriors unstoppable. One, something that you can't quantify, which is chemistry. Okay? They have chemistry. The Kevin Durant factor is when you have one of the best two or three players on walking planet Earth added to a team that's got that chemistry. Yeah. And he fits into the chemistry too. That was the crazy thing. Because of he's an unselfish superstar. Yeah. Um, so he he's he is um one of the top players in the world, and you're already adding it to the chemistry. A third thing which makes him unstoppable is one of the reasons he went there. The Warriors play basketball the way it's supposed to be played. The ball doesn't stick. It moves, and not only is it moving, it's moving freaking fast. Yeah. It's moving fast. Like You'll be back there celebrating your dunk and the crowd's going crazy. They're already going back up the, the court. They are, don't waste any time. They're, they're already back up the court. Yeah. And they're going full speed all the time. So you got to think about how that's wearing on teams. Um, a fourth reason, because I think the first three just going to, you can't get past the first three in my opinion, but let's just add another one. The bench. If you have Iguodala and those players, and I understand Iguodala did have an injury, but if you got those players coming off the bench and giving you anything, it's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm just talking about the people that are on the court now. Lord forbid you got people that can come off the bench and spell for these guys at any given point. Right. They're throwing fresh legs at you. And not only are they throwing fresh legs at you, these guys have playoff, their, their playoff experience. You're Sean Livingston's of the world. They come in and they're not scared. They come off the bench not scared, Eugene. You know why? Because they've been here before. They've been here. They've been in this situation before. You know what I mean? This Bright new, lights. They live here now. Yep. This isn't new to them. We've done so this before. You, all of these lead to where we are here today in 2019, which is you cannot beat this team, in my opinion. Like this team is just not a beatable team over seven games, you know? And they were talking about how the odds were for them to win next year. The odds are favorite for the Warriors to win in 2020. So the thing that's crazy about that is, and they're showing it now. Who cares if KD leaves? Yeah. Does it matter? Now, it would be interesting because they can win without KD in his short stretches. Again, it's going to, it is going to, they're going to have to build that bench if he leaves. Because, well, the bench step is getting, the bench is getting older. You don't know. Right. You can't keep that bench along, but that's why I feel like they would just make incremental changes. Right. What's well, what they have to do because over an 82 game season, and we saw this happen with Harden and uh and uh, uh the Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets and who's the my guy? CP three. Thank you, it's Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw what that wear and tear took took on them on their backcourt. So the load management league, Eugene. Yeah, soon. No, I get you. And so that's what I'm saying. Is it would it's going to be fun to see what they do at the end because they they're going to have to plug in some guys. They're going to have to take that KD money and and build that Brent bench up a little bit. Because Clay Thompson's not going anywhere. Now I keep Clay. I do whatever it yes. can. This man would have to. I would be drag. He's going to drag me on his leg <laughs> out the door yes. with him. You know what I mean? And drag me down the street and probably yep. drag me on his vehicle. Yeah, because I am not letting this man 
walk out of this building without throwing the kitchen sink at him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. if he walks out, it's going to be like we offered him every penny we could. We'd offered him um, rides, free food. We offered him every single thing we could offer to this guy. Yeah. And he just decided he wanted to leave. He's not going anywhere. I just, uh, why would so he leave? So it would be a situation like that. I don't think he wants to leave. And if a player expresses that, like, hey, I don't want to leave. And, and to give this this analogy, even though it's not a quite exact same analogy, um, I think we talked about it this a uh, while back before with Khalil Mack. Um, when Khalil Mack left Oakland, I didn't feel like they did enough to keep him because he had expressed that he wouldn't have left. If a player expresses that they wouldn't leave, it's very different than an Anthony Davis type situation where they express they want to go and they're, on, they're a distressed right. asset because yeah. they express that they want to leave. Yeah. So now you're like, oh, no, I got to do something about it because he wants to leave. Yeah. Right. But if the guy's like, yeah, oh, I'd stay for the right. Oh, that's it. That's all we have to hear. Because if you say you're going to stay. Oh, bro, you're staying. And I've heard no rumors that Clay wants to leave. I, he, I think he like, wants to all, stay. We all know Kevin Durant's going to leave. That's the worst kept secret. Like last, like the last year, we all knew LeBron was going to leave Cleveland. It was like right. the worst kept secret ever. Right, right, right. So we all know. And he's like Anthony Davis. Like the, the GM wants to try and talk to him to see it, trying to convince him to stay. Dude, he said he does not want to be here. Stop wasting your time. Trade right him. now, with the Anthony Davis situation, do you feel like the getting the first pick helps that? Or he's already you know? he's already come out and said he doesn't care. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe you get to playing on the court and it's something so phenomenal because yeah, I thought what New Orleans play has to be now. If they don't move this guy draft night, if they don't move Anthony Davis draft night for picks, and they then you have to keep them at least until trade deadline, in my opinion, because oh, I'm yeah. gonna say hey. Listen, play with the kid and let's see if there's something that happens on the court that changes your mind. Yeah. Because is Zion is a new factor. Yeah. He is a new, even if Anthony Davis was like, ah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe they, the kid is playing, maybe they're practicing and he's like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. We might have something here type situation. And that's a good team. If you got him, Drew Holiday. Right. And Zion. And you got a Ooh, team. That's a now, good, now you now got, you a, got team. a team. Right. And, um, I think it would give him pause, at least if he's trying to compare that to going to another place that doesn't have. Uh, now, you're t- if you're going to another place and the team's not great, I definitely think that it has to be a situation, though, with Anthony Davis where he sees it to believe it. Because clearly right now he's going to be like, nah, whatever. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, he's and that's, and where, he's, that's paper, where his mindset, right? yeah. But seeing is believing, Eugene, like maybe they get to playing, maybe they get to practicing, and he's like, this kid's amazing. You know what I mean? Unless he pulls a Kawhi and doesn't show up. Uh, he he can, you know, he can, but Kawhi, I think the Kawhi situation is a little bit different because it seemed like with the Kawhi thing, those were issues that were building over time. And it definitely could be the same way with Anthony Davis and Kawhi didn't have anything super new that happened to him in his last year. Like he didn't get, he didn't have like a super impact player that, that just got there yeah. instantaneously to change the whole landscape. Like Zion is going to change the landscape right. of New Orleans as soon as he gets there. Right. So, uh, I would have to see it to believe him. New Orleans, I'm like, bro, we're going to call your bluff. And I'm just really going to just see what happens. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Up no. to the trade deadline. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. If we get to the trade deadline and nothing's happened, oh, you're out of here, bro. And I'm going to try to do whatever I can to get you out, get something for you. Yeah. You know? Um, But if I'm New Orleans and I'm serious about trying to keep the guy around, then I would, if I'm not making a move on draft night, it would have to be a blow me away offers at that point. Right. Yeah. I, I need everything for this guy up until the trade deadline. And then maybe you start to kind of dial it back a bit, you know, depending if you know, he's going to be leaving soon anyway. 
because he's unrestricted after this year, right? He's restrict. He's they have his rights for this upcoming That's year. That's coming year, yes. They got his rights for this, yeah. And, and then, he, but after he, that, he, he can just walk, he can go for, walk nothing. for nothing, for nothing. No way. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Not doing that. Yeah. And but yeah, if I'm the Lakers. I'm calling and going, hey. I got my number four. I got my number four pick. I think there's going to be a lot of teams hoping to 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 dangle that to make something happen there. But um, closing on the Warriors Raptors um, analysis, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll I'm pretty sure we'll talk about it more over the next week or so. But it's um, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be interesting moments. Like there's, I'm not going to lie to you. When Milwaukee went up to two games, I was worried for my pick. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I, was too. I, was like, I was like, did I make the wrong pick? I, I was, was worried for my pick, man. I'm like, I don't see, I don't, I don't see. But don't then see you started happening. seeing the lineup changes. Then you started seeing them figure it out. Like, right, oh, right. Why are we covering these guys? They win a game. Why are we covering they win these guys? two games? Yep. Was like, you know, yep. when they won a the third, it was over for me. I got they won that third game. I'm like, there's no way Toronto's letting this get back to Milwaukee. It was the same blueprint as the Warriors versus Portland. Portland would go up, would be up by halftime. And then that third quarter came around. Same thing with Milwaukee and um, Toronto. Milwaukee would go up, but Toronto would be like, would change their players, bring in their bench players, bring in this player, and just clog, clog, clog the lane. Like, okay, you honest, you're not going to beat us. You've got to your your supporting cast has got to beat us, and that's all they did. And we're gonna and we're gonna put like it seemed like I swear to God it seemed like every time they would fast break, um, or try to fast break Milwaukee, Toronto got back. I've never seen it like uh, I haven't seen a team get back like that like since like Golden State. Right. It felt right. like there was like ten players on the on the. On the <laughs> like wait a minute, there's five waiting where, down there already. They, it's like how did they get back so fast? They were just over here, but yeah, I mean that was just they they played phenomenal defense. They got back. I mean they they did like you said they did all the all the little things right. Well, I I hope for parity here, and I hope for some great competition. I just do not see it. I remember when. um Kawhi was playing for the Spurs and they were giving uh, Golden State a run. They're giving Golden State a run for their money at that time. And then Kawhi got injured. I think it was only one game, though. And Kawhi got injured. They were up. Kawhi got injured and it was over. Over. The thing is, is we we can try to analyze it. We could talk about it to her blue in the face. I just feel like right now the Warriors are such a better, they're so much better than their competition. Yeah. That it's, um, it's kind of futile. Like it's futile. What the way till next year, in in my opinion, now this would be a huge upset. If, if, if Kawhi pulls this off, it'd be a major upset. And then you have to look at golden state as well. Were we wrong somewhere in our analysis? Right, but is it going to be like the same situation? Is it going to be like, are this the moment going to be too big for those guys in Toronto? Because it wasn't for Kawhi on that game seven. I don't fight the moment's going to be too big. I just feel like I don't fight those guys can be big enough. You know what I mean? I feel like if every team is playing, if both teams are playing to their maximum, if both teams are playing to their maximum potential, it's going to be a blowout. I feel like that's how much more better the Warriors are than the Raptors. Like to me. If it's maximum potential, the maximum potential every single night, it's a sweep. Okay. Well, yeah. It's a sweep. If it's maximum potential every single night and you're just maxing out potential on both teams. But just because of how the Warriors play, the Warriors don't even have home court. And I don't, it doesn't matter. Like the home court's got, Toronto's got home court. Yeah. The Warriors going to go to Toronto. I think they're going to go to Toronto. I think they're going to beat Toronto. They're going to come back to Golden State. They're going to beat Toronto again. Now, hopefully we get two games out of this. Hopefully it's a six game 
series, right? I so think hopefully it'll be Toronto six. gets I, I two games. I think Toronto wins. And then Toronto they make wins it that, yeah. look interesting. Yeah. You know, maybe they come out the gate and they just firing out the gate and win game one. Maybe they're just firing. They're just ready to go. You know, we the North type thing and they're just ready to go and maybe just eat, uh, squeak out a win. But if the Warriors are even remotely what we thought they were or remotely what we think they are, it's not going to matter, Eugene. Yeah. It's not going to matter because they're just going to win. Um, it don't matter if they're down 15 at the half. I'm still going to pick the Warriors. Um, well, yeah, they were down 17 and a half. Like, was it like, I think two or three games against uh, Portland? Against Portland? Yeah. And Portland's got two guys on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? McCollum's playing lights out. McCollum's playing out of his mind those, that last series. So it, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because the Warriors also play defense. Like, their defense is underrated. They play defense. They move. They play basketball the correct way. It doesn't stick. They got unselfish superstars. They have superstars, plural. Um, those are all recipes for disaster for other teams in the NBA. Right. You know, and I don't see this being any different situation here. You got any last closing thoughts on that? No, you, you nailed it. Like, like you said, they play. I love watching them play. I love those, the, the ball, the ball movement, the ball, it just it flows. Basketball is about ball movement. If, yeah. if you're playing the game the right way, the ball should be moving yeah. and getting, um, they should be making passes. It, it, it irritates me when I see players uh, or hear playing hero ball where they're taking a the ball up the court from one end to the next. They're not making any passes. They're shooting with uh, 18 seconds into the shot clock. So oh, there's 18 seconds left nuts. on the shot clock Ugh. and you're posting up a bad shot. You yeah. put up a bad shot. Um, putting up a bad shot with, Two seconds left on the shot clock is very different than putting up a bad shot with 18 seconds left right. on the shot you, clock. You've got to do it. Yeah. You know, and the Warriors are just the epitome of, of if you want to watch what great basketball looks like, watch the Warriors play. And you'll see the uh, you'll see the ball movement and you'll see how basketball, in my opinion, is uh, supposed to be played. And hopefully we have a series, but uh, I'm not too sure about it. And plus, that would be that means my picks would have gone all the way. And I would be very excited about that in my own little selfish way here. We'll definitely update the situation here a little bit later. This is Reg and ATL Sports Talk, Eugene Morton. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play. See you next time.